0: Today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. i talk about you, know, you and me as consumers uh, and uh, and what we like and what we don't like. Brand loyalty is such a big part of, of, of uh, how well business and our, or products for that matter are going to do. And it's important now because, you know, we're, we're concerned about supply chain issues and things of this nature. Maybe the things that we usually would be we, we inclined to buy. maybe not available or not the kinds of things that we want so we're going to have to change and that's that's a very difficult things to do Uh, there's a new survey out about uh, the top brands in this country uh what we buy and why we buy them uh that's a rather interesting study uh, as to what our habits are i want to bring bruce winder to the conversation who's a retail analyst and author about all of this uh because it's uh, as i say going forward now as we try to get our economy back on our feet where are we going to be spending our money and why are we spending it on those products bruce good to have you back on the show i hope you're doing well these days
1: yeah i'm doing well thanks for having me on today
0: Let's talk a little bit about the, the top brands. Uh, well, in Canada, I mean, they, they talked about global issues here and they broke down some of the countries here, too. Uh, not surprisingly, it's, it's Tim Hortons, I guess. Uh, you know, that's the thing that we seem to gravitate to. But aside from the list itself, and we'll get to, to some of the names on these, uh, what, what establishes brand loyalty? As a consumer, what are we looking for? And why do we cling to, to one product over another and say, this is it, and, and I'm not going to vary from it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's mostly about trust. It's mostly about trust and and trust drives loyalty. And trust is really, you know, a function of saying you're going to do something and doing it and following through consistently over a large period of time. Um, And that trust is built on, you know, everything from having fair products or services at fair prices, you know, being um, somewhat transparent in the media and not being, you know, caught for a number of sort of scandals. And, uh, and also, maybe, you know, these days, especially, trust is also about if you're a good corporate citizen, if you are doing your part to try to protect the environment and also do your part to try to help society.
0: And, and okay, let's use Tim Hortons as an example because I think they check most of those boxes, if not all of them, don't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised. Yes and no that Tim's was sort of number one on this. And every survey, you know, there's a million different ways you can do a survey and sure. you can sort of you know d- depending on the questions you ask you get a different answer every time but i mean tim's has done a good job they, they do check a lot of the boxes they went for a, through a rough patch a few years ago um where they had a few issues but if you look at what they're doing now in their marketing and some of the you know um initiatives they've taken to try to give back to the environment they they, they seem to be back on the right track and and they are you know they are a canadian icon right so it kind of makes sense <sighs>
0: perceived to be a Canadian icon. I mean,
1: yeah, um, they're not owned it, by Canadians. They're owned by folks from uh, Brazil. <laughs> but, you know, we still anymore, feel yeah. that they're Canadian, right?
0: <laughs> well, and that's the perception, isn't it? And, the, you know, that, and the perception becomes the reality. I mean, it was started, well, it was started in Hamilton. You know, Ron Joyce and uh, and a couple of partners got, the, you know, the, the thing going on Ottawa Street, and uh, it's, that's the Tim Hortons Museum, of course, now, and it's gone worldwide. So, I mean, I guess pride, and the national pride, I guess, plays a role in in this too doesn't it
1: it really does everything from its strong connection to hockey like i was down to see the eagles in buffalo a couple a couple months ago and in the uh in the bank center down there they have sort of almost like a tim horton special shrine type store and uh-huh. it was really cool and you know i think most canadians do feel that there's there's a pretty big affinity with the brand because we all kind of grew up at with it drinking it whether you're a new Canadian or you've been here for a while, it doesn't matter. You kind of grow up drinking it, and, and you use it every day. So it has the opportunity to earn your trust every day, too. That's the other thing about it, you know, when you go for that coffee. Uh, they call them bake shops in
0: Buffalo, though. That, I find that intriguing. They're, they're Tim Horton's bake yeah. shops, not Tim Horton's <laughs> Yeah, it's a little donuts. different, right? Yeah. Uh, well, and again, that's one of the things I was going to ask you about. Let's let's talk about Tim's, I guess, in this regard. Uh, you know, I remember those first stores, and and I know some of the guys that bought franchises or their families did back in yeah. those days in the in the '60s. And you know, for twenty five cents, you could get a coffee and a donut. Uh, uh, it's prices have gone up. We get that. But they did take some heat a few years ago when they decided to expand uh, the, the menu items, though, didn't they? They, just, they were not not just a donut shop anymore. They they got into the soup, the sandwiches, uh, even ice cream for a while. Uh, they seem to have dropped that idea right now. But uh, when you've got brand loyalty like that, how how dangerous is it to, to actually decide? Okay, we're going to change the the essence of the brand.
1: Yeah, you got to be really careful with that, you know. And I think, uh, in my opinion, Tim's was uh, bought by the new owners' private equity company. And uh, I think they were—they did a lot of things to try to sort of juice the earnings of the company, juice the profits, including adding a lot of different menu items, and also having some spats with the franchise owners and having some yeah. spats with some employees. So that created some public, you know, there was a bit of pub, uh, dirty laundry aired there. But back to the menu, you got to be careful. I mean, when you start to add too many things, you start to lose your identity as a brand. You know, are they a burger joint? Or are they a breakfast joint? Are they a dinner? You know, what are they really, right? And then it starts to turn into sort of a cafeteria. So you have to be really careful with the type of products you add. And, and what, they, what they've done is they announced this a couple of years ago. They said they're getting back to their core basics, and that's what they've done. They sort of tightened up the menu, and they've streamlined the menu, and they're getting back to their, their core basics now.
0: Because uh, we've seen that happen with other corporations, and, and I guess maybe the one of the classics, one, classic ones in on retail, I guess, Bruce's was Coca-Cola. Uh, however, many years oh, ago yeah. that was, they said, "Oh, the <laughs> new Coke." You know, we've improved <laughs> it.
1: There was a real pushback on that. That was massive. You know, that was in, it's in all the business uh, textbooks and all the business case studies you go to, and read about. But yeah, they came out with new Coke, and it was an absolute flop. And then they, you know, they brought back their old Coke and. Ran two of them for a while and then finally got rid of it. And they have to be careful. I mean, they I think they've done a decent job. They've come out with a new packaging for Diet Coke with a tall, thin can. They come out with four flavors. I think it's working for them. But, boy, on that one product, the Coca-Cola product, you know, that's, that's their core business. That's their beachhead. You know, you don't want to mess with that at all.
0: How extensive is the research these companies themselves do to to identify what it is about them that that consumers like and 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 maybe you know gives them the message that change this at your own peril because this is what drives people into the door the front door
1: Well, you know, the big companies, like the companies who come up with these studies, they do a a pretty good job in terms of research methodology. You know, another study I was looking at before the call was one that came out from the University of Victoria. Then they come out with one every year. And ironically, the last couple of years, Timmy's hasn't been on the top 10. But, you know, um, they do a pretty good job. I mean, they know what they're doing, they're professional marketing people and they ask all kinds of questions. And, you know, you always want to try to find out sort of that usage and attitude and, and how you emotionally connect with the brand. You know, I mean, trust is a big word, right? So, you know, you really have to earn trust and they would examine that across a number of attributes and, uh, you know, come up with a, a fairly uh, strong, robust, complex sort of way of approaching this. So, uh, but it is, it's the holy grail. If you're in the brand business, You want that trust. That is the holy grail for you to earn that trust and keep it, to your point, with consumers.
0: But at the same time, as you say, when when Tim started, and the head office, obviously, they started messing around with this stuff, uh, and people were saying, well, the coffee doesn't taste the same, or, hey, the donuts are smaller, uh, Mm -hmm. and on and on and on. And people start looking for things like that. you got to be very careful, I guess, how you introduce any kind of a change, don't you?
1: You really do. you got to be really careful. And I think where Tim's went wrong is they tried to get too much profit too quick, i think they broke the trust of some internal stakeholders with their franchisees and employees and that in turn leaked out and suddenly they broke the trust with their consumers right the everyday canadian and uh, that's really tough i'm actually surprised that they got back this quickly um but i guess we really love them the good thing is when you really love a brand and you have a lot of equity you forgive them if they make a mistake you know Uh, it's like you have to ask you about
0: that yeah how do you how do you get loyalty back when something like that happens
1: The best thing to do, and I don't think they've done it directly, but the best thing to do is you can't really, I guess you can't apologize, but just, you know, apologize if you can. If not, just change your ways. Go back to the way you were. And they've done that. They hired um, a new person in marketing uh, for McDonald's, Hope Baghazi. And she's done, I think, a really good job. I think a really wonderful job with the brand since she's taken over. Um, and uh, she's really got back to that true brand essence. You know, I like the sort of the Justin Bieber thing they have too. I think that's really cool because whether you love Justin or not like him, he's Canadian, right? He represents Canadian Canada on the world stage. So I think that helped a bit too, especially with youngsters, younger people, millennials, Gen Zs. And, uh, but you really just have to go back to your ways. But if you built up some equity, it's like any relationship, you'll be forgiven.
0: Uh, I'm glad you brought the beebs up uh, because that's a, a, an interesting angle to this whole thing too uh, about brand loyalty but about also <laughs> there's Justin Bieber has a brand loyalty too and you know maybe they haven't tried Tim Hortons maybe they will now I mean is, is it important to have a spokesperson uh, that, that can generate that that sort of activity?
1: It is I was doing some research last week about collaborations and uh, that seems to be one of the 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 takeaways that you can get as two brands is you kind of introduce each other to your customers so you know if there's a if there's 10 million bieber customers and 10 million tim's customers they're not all going to overlap so suddenly they start trying each other's products and services right and then you're able to grow your business and sort of grow the tent so to speak for your customer base
0: uh, or just uh, somebody who maybe isn't as famous but uh, you develop a likability i'm thinking of uh, gary the canadian tire guy comes to mind I don't know how many years he's been doing those commercials, but he's a likable guy. He has a bit of a sense of humor, and he's, he's selling oh, yeah. a brand that I think a lot of Canadians are, are pretty comfortable with, Canadian Tire.
1: Yeah, no, they are. Canadian Tire is a Canadian icon. I mean, um, they're right up there in terms of trust. They, they've got pretty much a squeaky clean image. And yeah, that guy is is awesome. That guy uh, is really funny. They've had him for you know a while now and he's really great he really represents sort i think how canadians see themselves you know they yeah. t- they don't take themselves all seriously they kind of a little bit of fun and things like that and i think he represents that well in terms of who one of their target customers are
0: and and the idea about having a spokesperson or somebody that you identify with that i mean we've seen so many different things like that as well or just voices uh and and that seems to be a big thing with some of the us marketing maybe not so much here in canada but uh, a lot a lot of the time uh, celebrity voices to do advertising and uh, even if you don't at first recognize the voice uh, there's a comfort level because you you do know that individual you just have to kind of put the voice with with the the past memory of who it was i'm I was thinking of Tim Allen remember he did the uh, for years now did commercials for the state of Michigan where he's from
1: Yeah, and exactly. they, never, they never said
0: hey or, hi i'm tim allen you don't see him it's the voice and uh, gene hackman and, and other people have made an yeah. awful lot of money uh, as as voice artists and uh, t- uh, again that's a voice you trust
1: it is. And I've even seen Ryan Reynolds, I think, do some of that too. So you know what? It's definitely when you hear that voice, you know who it is and you, you have that trust inferred, right? Cause you trust that character maybe the role they played in the, in the big screen or just their, their personality every day. So yeah, it's a great thing. It's a bit of a dangerous, uh, it's a double-edged sword though, because you're only as good as that uh, as the image of that person though, that you're using. Right. So if things go sideways with that person and their personal life, then you know you're going to have to sort of do some damage control as a brand as well.
0: Yeah, we've seen that happen more than a few times, haven't we? Where they've had to drop well, Tyler Woods is a good exactly. example of that when he was going through his problems years ago. Uh, look at all the endorsement stuff that he lost out on. Uh, but does that deter? I mean, you know, you're right. I mean, that can deter. I guess somebody's buying habits. But we we seem so so structured this is what we want you know i'm going to go buy a new car what are you going to get i'm going to get a toyota because i've always bought toyotas and there's a loyalty there and even if you're not quite crazy about them or something else comes along you still stick with that sort of thing or you know whatever brand of of orange juice or what we don't we don't mess around very much and we don't experiment very much do we if we find something we like
1: Yeah, it really depends on the customer segment because there's different customers who are sort of steady eddies and there's some that try everything. It also depends on the commodity, whether it's cookies versus cars. But yeah, once you find a car you like, I mean, that's a big purchase. That's a high risk purchase, right? Once you find a brand that you trust, you're probably going to stick with it, you know, because... You know if you if you drop the ball if you make a mistake on your car that's a real expensive mistake right you might try a new pack of cookies at the grocery store because you know there's so many of them and you know the risk is low if you make a mistake but on the big stuff you're right you're gonna you're gonna when you find someone that works you're gonna stick with them if you can
0: and this this loyalty is which is so key in a situation like this uh i i i always use the example i mean if you if you really like something you you'll get it no matter what uh whether it's to a a brand as you say a cereal a car whatever the case might be uh you'll wait for it i guess i i've heard of people that'll say well use the example of an automobile uh i'll wait for that one i'll I'll order it i'll wait for it because i'm not going to go anywhere else i'm not going to another lot i'm not going to another you know auto manufacturer i'm going to stick with this one uh and it's interesting to see how how loyal we really can be in situations like that
1: Yeah, that's that's very topical right now, because I know a lot of people are waiting for cars because of the chip shortage. Right. We've experienced because of covid. And there's a lot of people who I've saw someone on on social media say, yeah, I waited seven months. My car finally arrived. You know, so you're right. I mean, you'll wait because, you know, that. You know the risk of getting something you don't like. Well, you're paying a lot of money for something you don't like. You might as well wait and get it right, or you don't want to buy a, a product with a big problem, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. people. There are certain people who are very loyal to brands. Now, if you needed a car for work and you couldn't, you'd lose your job if you didn't have a car. You probably change your mind, right? But if yeah, you yeah. can wait, you will. So there is a real strong loyalty there, especially with uh, with with large ticket, you know, purchases like a car or other big things like that.
0: And yeah, I'm going for coffee. That's where I'm going for coffee. I want a burger. This is where I go. It's not the first place you pass. It's the the one that identify, whether it's the Golden Arches or or Harvey's. There's another Canadian company that seems to have a, a, a fair loyal following too. You know, because and I I hear that time and again. Well, they're a Canadian company, and that that matters to to a lot of people.
1: It does. I mean, Harvey's has always been. They kind of they're kind of quiet. You know, you don't see the same profile, but they're great company. They make great food and um yeah i mean sometimes you know companies are under the radar and just quietly do a great job like a and w and things like that too right so yeah so yeah i mean it's and it does help if you're canadian i think we do identify with canadian brands i mean in quebec they identify with quebec brands for sure and Absolutely. i think it's like that you know you look at america americans they have american brands they love too so there is there is a bit of that there is some international play you know there is uh, brands that we love that are not canadian but certainly the ones that are canadian you know we look at them a little different like the blah, the canadian tire etc Exactly.
0: Uh, uh, Fascinating stuff. Uh, Bruce, always a pleasure having you on the program. Thanks so much for this today.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. Take care. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.